to all and all are welcome. You're listening to Black on the Bluff, Black Student Union of University of Portland's very own podcast by students, for students, and the rest of the community and world at large. I'm Sharif Morton, your current president for the spring 2021 semester, and I'm joined today by two other lovely ladies. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves. Um, I'm Simone Watkins, the communications director for BSU. And I am a Grace Fortson. I'm just here to provide some commentary. Lovely, lovely. And commentary we will indeed receive. So, first off, a little overview of what we've got for you guys today. This episode will be focused on classism in the Black community. But before we get into that, we've got a couple announcements for you all. Simone, take it away. ASUP is hosting elections at the end of the month, which means that now is the time to apply to be a senator or on the exec board. It's a good way to make money while still being involved in um, promoting social issues in the school. I highly recommend it. I'm a senator myself, and I really enjoy it. So apply and then vote. Yeah, thank you, Simone, for that. Uh, Some other announcements we've got um it an awesome digital play being put on by our theater department the public by Federico garcia lorca um i hear that it's really amazing uh originally by a spanish playwright so um definitely a multicultural experience highly recommend supporting and also um if y'all didn't see the email from eric barger Um, The Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act was recently passed, which means that the University of Portland now has funds to distribute directly to students. So go ahead and apply, get that um, uh, relief money. Um, It's a really simple application process. So there's my plug. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Grace. And a little addendum to that as well. For those looking to apply to ASUP, Please, 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 we need more people of color in the student body government. Please better represent your community. And if always, if things are too much, you always have the option of stepping down. Remember, contribution is measured by bandwidth and nothing else. A couple and last few announcements that we have would be at the University of Portland, we once upon a time had a chapter of the Roosevelt Institute, which is focused on the development of public pop. Uh, excuse me, public policy and emphasizing democratic ideals. This chapter has been dormant since 2016, and a couple of students are interested in seeing if anyone is interested in getting involved in its revival. For those interested in something like this, looking at you political science majors who either do not want to be a lawyer or do not feel like international relations are your thing because those are really the only two tracks we have at University of Portland, this would be right up your alley. So, please contact James Swider. Once again, that is James Swider. You can find him at swider23 at up.edu. That is S-W-Y-T-E-R 23 at up.edu. Once again, S-W-Y-T-E-R 23 at up.edu. Next and last but not least, we have Bulletin by the Active Minds Club. Every year, they have a very large event for Mental Health Awareness Month, and this day is called Fresh Check Day. For those who are interested in helping out, uh, please contact Patrick Bolt at boldt20 at up.edu. Once again, this is Patrick Bolt at boldt20 at up.edu. Any other announcements, folks? No, nope, that's all. 
All right, beautiful. And with further ado, we'll um, jump right into it. So, black classism. This is a topic that is <laughs> really, really appropriate if you're living anywhere in the United States of America. Not only are we a country with a very colorful history with racial tensions, um, that color is red if you didn't know, but also because of our economic system, capitalism, liberal capitalism at that, classism has become a very common way of distinguishing oneself from others in terms of socioeconomic status, i.e. how much money you make, the kind of jewelry and things you wear, and the activities that you were able to spend your free time doing. Now, I believe, Grace, you had a couple of resources that might be good for discussion and just um, really just to like get the juices flowing. Okay, yes. Um, so when I was researching for this, um, you know, kind of a lot of different thoughts came to mind in terms of kind of like the cultural problem, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, um, respectability politics, um, lots of things. But I found this story about um, a black doctor who was visiting the United States from England. And I, I felt like it was really poignant about um, the issue of black classism. So I'll share it. Um, so this black doctor is visiting from England. He gets on a bus in Florida in 1952 um, because his limousine broke down. Heaven forbid. Yes. Uh, so this doctor sits in the front of the bus because he's unaware of Jim Crow laws. Um, and he's told to move. He's told to go sit at the back of the bus. The doctor um, <laughs> basically says, you're clearly confused. You you must not know who I am looking at all of these, you know, poor working class black folks at the back of the bus and saying, no, I'm, I'm a doctor. You're confused. I am currently on my way to give the keynote address at a UN summit on peace in less than an hour. Surely you can't be holding up this bus so that I have to go sit in the back uh, with these poor folks. Um, the driver responded, I'm super impressed. That's, that's really something boy, but you're, you're going to have to get in the back of the bus. I'm not leaving. Um, so I feel like this really, like, to me, highlights the issue of kind of, like, the tensions within the Black community versus the tensions outside of the Black community. Um, you know, because as, as we're talking about classism within the Black community, it's, it's important to remember that there are still external forces that don't care how much money you have as a Black person, you know? Very true, um, very true. Yeah, so that's, I think, um, it it definitely highlights the classism issue within uh, the community, but also kind of contextualizes it within this broader issue of racism that I thought was important to to start out the conversation with. That really is quite, really is quite curious. Even in the story, um, I'm assuming that the bus driver was black as well in the story. I don't know if they gave out that detail or no. It doesn't say. Um, that's all right, that's all right. Um, in the story... Um, I heard you say that the bus driver called the doc called the doctor boy even after mm -hmm. giving his even after giving his credentials and his really just his accomplishments and experience his level of prestige if you will. Yeah, I think like I'm I'm really curious to hear y'all's thoughts on this because I think that a lot of classism within the black community to me and like in my perspective of it is kind of posturing to get out of of this you know second citizen kind of status that you know if if 
um, you know, X person that is black gets enough money, you know, has a good enough job, drives a good enough car, then they almost get a pass for being black. They, they kind of like work their way out of blackness. And I feel like the classism within the black community really is almost kind of part of that push to get out of the hood, to not associate with kind of these, these, um, socioeconomic markers of, of being, you know, lower class in air quotes. Um, and I was, I was curious if you guys thought that that was like a driving factor, um, or maybe some other driving factors that you saw for black classism. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the internalized white supremacy that we have, the intrinsic belief that being Black somehow makes us less than and we need to compensate with being better, with having a better job, having more education, and thus we have to look down on those other Black people who are not doing the same, who are less than us because we believe we have internalized so deeply that being Black is automatically lower. And so if you're just Black and poor and you're not trying to be more white or more rich, I feel like that's where the desire to gain a lot of class comes from is the desire to be more white and to be more of a white American. And what does that really mean? Um, and we can never get there because at the end of the day, we're always going to be black and they're never going to see anything but that we are black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point you make there, Simone. Yeah. I, I think the, internalized racism um is really strongly connected to classism because um we were actually talking about this in my gender and uh the body class shout out to bobby zaman um but the idea that what is desirable within our society is whiteness uh and so and that is associated with you know class like economic class so if you're getting up out of the hood you know, you've got a little bit more money, you're going to move to it to a, you know, quote unquote, nicer area. Then, you know, I guess the question is, is classism a way to, to be less black or to act more white to kind of reject, um, not necessarily where a, a well off or affluent black person individually is from, but kind of like, the community at large, like where the community's at. Did that make any sense? Yeah, it did. It did. Okay. <laughs> and um, as you guys have been talking, I've been trying to think of a way to like uh, conceptualize this within uh, the UP student body, because we are a, as a whole, a pretty affluent class of students right here. And just like no matter your skin color, um, unless you've got a full ride scholarship from which, from what I understand, are pretty rare. Um, your folks have got some clout, you know, like they've got some change in the bank to be able to um, put you here. I've also been sitting with what Simone said about the internalized white supremacy and using classism as a vehicle to get away from the situation of the black ghettos and the struggle and the economic strife that we see down there. And man, just to think about classism, it really does make me sad because it takes a rejection of black solidarity, you know? So just like because so many of us are below the poverty line, not, not so many of us, but because 
so much of the black community is below the po- is below the poverty line to think that yes i know you understand that you want to get, understand that you really want to get away from that as best you can but leaving people behind and using classism as a vehicle of denial to sort of just um deny your roots it's it's really quite lonely it sounds like to me and for those african americans who are cla- who are classist and elitist and look down on people because of their financial state and economic status i i can't imagine the way that they view themselves because there's always someone who's got more money than you always someone who's got more money than you and if you consider yourself like so high and mighty to judge people who have less mo- have less money than you who are the folks above you judging you you know you're always trying to curry favor with them you're always you're always struggling there's never any peace yeah i i think that the the idea of black solidarity in terms of classism is really interesting it definitely brings up the question of is black classism different from other classism you know is is that's a good question yeah yeah like is the idea that you know, for instance, white classism in the U.S., you know, is that significantly different? And to kind of bring a little bit of, of historical, like, political science context in here, um, W.E.B. W. Dubois um, had a theory in the 1950s, um, the, the Talented Tenth, that if the talented, like the top 10% of the black community could get college educated, could, you know, um, kind of get the resources and and knowledge to lead the black community out of you know oppression of inequality of of the situation that that was the 1950s right uh then we would be fine and he was so disappointed to see that you know when black folks went to college they were concerned with getting themselves out of the hood you know and they weren't like taking the whole community with them but then is that fair to ask every black person to bring the whole community with them you know what i mean like yeah i see exactly what you're saying but um yeah i'm familiar with the idea of the of the black tent as well i believe that it's an i an idea that booker t washington espoused as well it's very much so in the vein of um well for change like only we can cure us that sort of type that type of thinking but it has become really it has become really exclusionary and i'm no I'm a political scientist, so I guess I'm a social scientist in training. But that said, I don't have a master's or a doctorate. So when I look at these folks and try and think like, well, what's going through their mind that they want to exclude themselves from the community that they came from, even though they realize that just um, if you had the ambition to get away from your situation, like if you had the choice, you had the choice and you had the luck and the opportunity to get out of there, wouldn't everyone else who, who came or rather who is where you're from wouldn't they make that same choice as well? And yet they act yet they act selfishly. And that's been the historical legacy of a lot of black intelligentsia. What do you guys think? Absolutely. I think um, going back to Grace's point, I do think that black classism is different than white classism just because black classism is it operates on a certain level of you denying who you are and having a certain level of a superiority complex because in pop culture, black is poor. If you are black, you are poor. And if you are black and you are rich, you're not black. 
And so, mm, um, mm. Yeah. The yeah. in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I don't feel like that same pressure is on white people. I don't feel like white people feel if they go up in a tax bracket that they are no longer white or that they owe something to the white people who are below them in the, in socioeconomic status. But I have the privilege of going to a private white school a catholic school and i'm getting a higher education and i'm going to build generational wealth and i can't there's i cannot possibly grow generational wealth for every black person in america and i feel that i operate on a certain level of black classism just because i don't feel like i am black because i am of a certain socioeconomic status and whether or not that's valid and whether or not I really want to believe it, it's kind of how other people see me. They see, oh, you're very educated. Oh, you're very smart. Oh, well, you're not like them. You're not poor and black. So I do feel that black classism is different just because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Those dynamics, um, it's almost when people, or rather the way you're portrayed when it comes to black classism, uh, when folks come to you and saying like, like, oh, wow, you're so articulate. Yeah, you're not like them. They're taking your personality by piecemeal. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they're really cherry picking the things that they like, that they like best out of you. And when it comes For to, sure. yeah, when it comes to classism, when you hear people give you these praises on things that only make up a portion of your personality, a portion of your identity. And what kind of signals does that say to you when you look at the mirror and see all that you are, you know? I'm just like, oh, wow. So my heritage didn't get recognized. My, like, say, like, you're from whatever borough of whatever city, you know, just like, wow, so that didn't get me any respect, but these things did. And that respect, that recognition, that nice treatment yeah, I can definitely see how that garner a Pavlovian response, making black classism Absolutely. a lot different. As, um, you're right, and brings it back to this internalized racism that you were talking about earlier, Simone, that is just not present in white classism. Definitely. I, I think that um, the identity question that, that Simone, you brought up and Sharif, you touched on is, um, I think, at the, at the heart of it, because you know, we're, we've kind of focused on the idea of black classism from, you know, like the, the wealthy or affluent black individual versus, you know, someone living in the hood. But I think black classism, it can exist, you know, within the hood or, or between, you oh, know, absolutely. different suburbs, you know, like I think there's different levels to it, of course. And then like kind of within that, I think the identity factor certainly drives it. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I've had friends, parents who, uh, you know, had asked my friends, oh, oh, what's Grace doing after college or, or after high school, excuse me. Um, and, you know, my friends would respond, she's going to college, you know, she's got plans, she's doing stuff, you know, oh, that's, that's so good. You know, people like her don't, don't really go. And, oh, don't tell uh, me they said people like her. <laughs> people like Fucking her. A. No, it's. I grew up in a very small, very white town, uh, very conservative. But, I see. Checks and, out. Checks out. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to preface that or I guess like asterisk that because I'm saying it afterward. Um, <laughs> I do want to say that, you know, I'm I'm mixed. I am very light skinned. Like 
I I do have a lot of, of privilege in that regard. And I was raised primarily with my mom who's white. And, um, you know, so I do have a lot of black family, but that certainly wasn't the only influence. And so then um, to look at how people treated me in a very hyper, hyper white community, um, you know, and then, and then think about, you know, the, the kids at my school or in my town who were, you know, like actually dark skinned black and how people treated them and kind of like the classism there as mm, well. Like, mm. I think there's just so many levels to it. Yeah, there hundred percent is. And looking at the opposite end of that, like within black communities, like within inner city communities, I've found that no one really ever considers themselves ghetto. You know, there's always someone lesser than you. And of course, there's always someone greater than you because Jeff Bezos exists. Um, <laughs> but as far as going downwards, no one ever views themselves as ghetto. There's always some form of materialistic clout that they're clinging on to, you know, just like, oh, yeah, I got I got a new paint job on my car. Just like, oh, yeah, like I'm rocking a Prada, you know, just like Louis Vuitton. He's rocking all of it, all of it. And hold, hold on to that. But for the people at the... I just wonder, like, for the folks at the very bottom, of course, like, classism is probably the least of their worries at that point. But for students, it's an interesting dynamic because unless you, I don't know, unless you're an influencer and, like, have <laughs> 10 million followers and they're, like, very self-sufficient on income, a lot of us were still dependent. Still very dependent. I know I myself, um, if, although I got a hustler's resume at this point, jobs I've collected and stuff, I haven't had a salary job yet. I am still I'm still dependent on my folks last semester, but um, it's still like tuition that still had that still had to be paid. And going out in going out into public in a very white city like Portland and realizing like, wow, I go to one of the richest, quote unquote, like richest per capita private schools in the area and thinking like, wow, most of the people I meet, regardless of their skin color, black or white, I'm probably in a higher. Well, my family is probably in a higher tax bracket than they are. Mm -hmm. And. Trying to behave, uh, trying to behave appropriately. Like I've been accused of um, talk, of talking white before among my black peers and stuff like that. But when it comes to classism, and just like you go out into a you go out into a restaurant, and all of a sudden, like people look at you, and you can see them relax at ease when you like keep your elbows off the table or something like that. You know, it's like little things, little things, and I think, wow. I know that my folks raised me right with manners, but that's not to say that just like if you're poor, you don't have manners. Because I mean, like you can be poor in a small town and like, and I found that most people from small towns have better manners than the people from big cities. <laughs> Dead ass. True. <laughs> um, but when it, when it comes to classism, it comes, it is a lot of the way you dress too. I touched on this earlier talking about like um, clinging on, well, hanging on and clinging to materialistic clout. Um... I know urban wear is like a really, really, um, well, ambiguous thing. Like it can be so many things. It can be athleisure all the way to, um, really just like strictly business. So it's like a three piece suit or something. Although I don't really see people wearing three piece suits anymore. Um, man, the dynamics walking out in public are just so interesting. What kind of experiences have you guys had? I'm curious. Um, for me, I have a lot of white friends, so I personally don't really experience a whole lot. I'm very non-threatening. I'm short and I'm chubby, and so people don't really think a whole lot when they see me. Um, I'm also very light-skinned, so 
I don't tend to get a lot of looks, but on the occasion where I do feel uncomfortable, I tend to um, I tend to comfort myself by playing count the black people and realizing, oh, I am I'm the only person here. And um, yep, count the black people, one of my favorite you know. <laughs> games. <laughs> it's just it's so jarring when it's one and it's the it's you in a mirror. And it's just, you realize, oh, I am in a city founded on white supremacy. And I am here despite those people doing everything possible for me to not be here. And I just feel like if I'm out in public and I feel that way, I just go home and I give up and I don't tend to muster any courage because I feel like it's completely futile to try to make any level of social change when there's no one like me around to kind of hype me up. If it's just me and a ton of white people, uh, yeah. I just leave. Yep. And yeah, that's something really kind of wimpy about me that I wish I didn't do, but I just don't feel like there's a reason to fight at that point. Not at all. There's like, I think picking and choosing your battles is something we all need to do more of, you know, like, because if, if we all fight. Can you say that again for the back row? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so everyone who's listening to this, I need you to hear me pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know a lot of us, um, especially people of color, um, we do feel the need to fight every single battle. Um, I know I struggle with that a lot. Um, and I, I think it's great that you can recognize, you know, this, this isn't the one, this is not the time that I need to, you know, spend my energy and, and fight this. Um, whenever I feel that way, I listen to a song called lullaby by Tasha. Just gonna, gonna plug that, find it on Spotify. Lullaby by Tasha. We, All right. Yeah. Shout out. So, um, but I, I also did want to follow up, um, just kind of on like experiences and touching back to what you were talking about, Sharif, um, like with classism at UP in particular, I think, I mean, and in Portland, just like the style aspect because it's such a hipster city. Yeah. Um, It is an interesting dynamic with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, there's the urban wear that's cool, but if it's a little bit too urban, if, if it's a little bit too legit, you know, now it's scary. Um, yeah, and now it's scary. Wow. That's for poignant. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that within the UP community, it's easy to be in this, in this bubble, just, you know, I mean, campus is small, is small. Campus is small. The school is small. Um, and it's, easy kind of like you were saying Sharif like even the people that are there on more scholarship versus the people who are you know paying for out of pocket you know still are in a relatively closer socioeconomic status than people who don't have access to college at all you know what I mean and it's easy when you're when you're at UP um or in just like an affluent area to feel like oh I don't have a yacht I must be poor it's like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're college educated. Calm down. Um, and that is a very, so, very low bar to be poor right there. I'm just like, oh, I know. 
most of the world is poor by that standard. Uh, so yeah, you I think know, we need to reevaluate. <laughs> yeah, you do raise a good point. I would be very interested to see, um, or rather, get like an entire valuation of the university, like per capita. So just like, okay, all the staff, all the students, all the faculty administrators. Okay, how much money is in this school? And like, you divide it up equally per person. We all know that's not how it goes because staff need more love. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll say it again. Staff need more love. But I'd be interested <laughs> to see that sort of a per cap. Um, per capita pricing and then compared with the university park immediately around us because mm -hmm. we know that we have students living in houses just off campus but um say like you go over to columbia park as well um go a little mm -hmm. bit further out i imagine it would be really quite shocking and granted it's probably that way for a lot of universities as well but for the university of portland i'm willing to bet that they'd be an outlier in this mm. yeah if any of our listeners if any of you guys are statistical junkies Please hit up Black Student Union on either our Instagram or through our email, uportlandbsu at up.edu with this information, and we'll air it in our next episode. That said, I do think that this is a good place to stop for this one. All right, guys, hope you're not too tired of us just yet. We have more episodes coming for you in about two weeks, actually. Should be... <laughs>